Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Some breaking news as we begin OutKick 360, hour number two. I floated Josh Reynolds' name as a trade possibility at the deadline last week. He has asked for and has been granted his release from the Tennessee Titans today. Mike Garofalo reporting that Josh Reynolds is a free agent. Effective immediately. Well said, uh, Hutton, and also OBJ. Come on down. Uh, next Tennessee Titan, Odell Beckham Josh Jr. Josh Reynolds, we go. out. GTFO, OutKick 360 rolls on. Terrible off-season acquisition uh, by John Robinson and the Titans on that. And absent. with that, we say hello absent. to John McClain. Was his? his shirt. Absent. Oh, absent. absent. Yeah. Terrible. That was a good lead for me. He provided me with that Terrible. one thing. Absent. Also, I said one time I said he wasn't explosive when he wasn't explosive, and it set off a whole chain of ugly Be events. on the lookout for Odell Beckham Jr. news. John, hope you're doing well. What kind of off-season acquisition was I? Uh, you were an acquisition over 20 years ago here in Nashville, not an off-season one. Are you kidding me? What year is this for you, yeah, on, you on, on the radio? But in you Middle guys Tennessee? moved 25 right. years. You, stayed you guys with us. moved, and I was acquired oh, by oh. you. Well, that is true. Moved. That is true. Uh, we did move uh, franchises, and you were the general manager that we wanted with us. Are you kidding us? But John is no uh, unproductive malcontent like Josh Reynolds. He was someone that was heavily sought after by all sides. Uh, we were just able to convince him. That that was the difference. This right. this is one side not wanting the player. That's the opposite. John, how you been? Well, well I, 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 Paul told me you were tweeting out uh, or counting down uh, the, the, the time until spring training for the Astros this past week. Yeah, because our teams are so terrible. The Texans are pathetic. They're one and eight with an eight-game losing streak. I wrote a column today. They're one half game behind winless Detroit for the first pick in the draft. And I'll tell you guys something. Uh, I wrote right before the start of the season when I had to do a go over the schedule, pick the Texans record, and in the last game, and I and I was kidding, of course, and I said Mike Vrabel. We'll have home field advantage wrapped up so he will not play Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and Jay Bur- G and Brown, A.J. Brown, and all those Titans who tormented the Texans, and they'll win that game. And so I wrote today, Vrabel could still do that, and the Texans beat the Titans and screw up getting the first pick in the draft. How would that be? Rockets are terrible. Texans are terrible. But spring training is the middle of February. Can't come soon enough. Cougars basketball, John. No the Houston Cougars basketball could be pretty good this year, too. You got that going yeah, for Yeah, well, you. I'm not quite partial <laughs> to the Cougars who were eliminated in the Final Four by those fighting Baylor Bears oh, <laughs> on their way to the national championship title. John, you're partial to Cougars, just not those Cougars, <laughs> to be fair. There's Cougars you're partial to. It's not the Houston Cougars. If you say so. Well, let's yeah. not get them in any trouble here. <laughs> what did you make of the uh, taunting call that has uh, America captivated from the end of the Steelers-Bears game last night? First of all, the officials don't make the rules. 
when they come up with dumbass rules like that, that's blamed <laughs> on the NFL. I mean, it's ridiculous. I feel bad for the officials. I remember one time Red Cashin told me, the late, great Red Cashin, that when he started refereeing in NFL, the rule book was about like this. And then by the time he got near the end of his career, it was like this. And those guys, they have to learn it. And so everything is so subjective. And the taunting thing is just ridiculous. So what if you look at a bench? I mean, and then him bumping him, giving him a little nudge. I mean, it's ridiculous. There's so many things that people ought to be focused on, like a Bears touchdown being taken away. But uh, that happened in the NFL this weekend, and yet we're all talking about taunting. John, um, Mike Tomlin doesn't seem like the type of guy who would be thrown off or affected by a little bit of taunting, but he was asked about the taunting rule, and he says, we're just trying to clean our game up. We embrace the responsibility that comes with being the role models that we are. This game being played at the highest level, we understand that people who play at a lower level watch us and mimic the things we do and how we conduct ourselves. And this is a league competition committee specifically that has a desire to improve in that area, and that's been expressed to our guys. Uh, what do you think about the Mike Tomlin's stance on this, John? Isn't he on the competition committee? Yeah. Competition committee recommends rule changes to the, to the owners, and they're the ones who say yes or no. What if that taunting penalty had gone against Tomlin? I'm guessing he wasn't going to be so gracious and political as he was after the game because it was a terrible call. It's not just the first. We've seen a lot of those. I remember a Texans tight end caught a ball this year, and he just he he decided to spin it. Well, it kind of spun a little toward the bench. wasn't his fault, and they got a taunting penalty. Sometimes common sense should prevail, and the NFL always seems to be involved in controversy. And sometimes I think that's one of the things that makes the NFL so popular is people, whether you like it or you don't, you still pay attention and you still discuss it. Mark Maskey of the Washington Post very quickly reported, you know, they're not convening to reconsider or, uh, or, or tamp down enforcement or anything like that. What do you imagine happens in the off season regarding this rule? And uh, will they revisit it? Will they uh, reevaluate the level of enforcement? Paul, they will definitely revisit it because they'll have so many complaints. But remember, the coaches are the last people they listen to. But what's going to happen is the the competition committee meets for two weeks before the annual league meetings in March, and then they make the recommendation, and Rich McKay, the president of the Falcons, chairs that committee. They're going to look at it because it causes so much controversy and can you imagine if it were something that happened in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, and they'll put a tape up for everybody to see and show you all these calls. I never really understood why they did. It's one thing if you spike a football at a quarterback next to a quarterback you've just strip-sacked. That's one thing. But when you just look to a bench, and I don't care what you say to the bench, nobody can hear you. The crowd's making too much noise, but I guarantee you they will review it in the offseason. Follow John McLean on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John Odell Beckham Jr. officially a free agent. He has cleared waivers. No one had wanted to uh, to claim his near $8 million uh, remainder of the salary. Um, 
He now gets to choose where he wants to go among the teams who want him. Where would you want to play, given the circumstances of the league right now, if you're Odell Beckham Jr.? Where do you think he'll land? I don't think teams are going to line up to get him. He hadn't done squatting so long because he's been hurt all the time, and then he leaves Cleveland. The Browns have their best offensive game of the year. A team like the Raiders, they just got beat by the Giants. They're now tied for first place. They had first place all to themselves. Henry Ruggs, they cut him. That would be a spot. Uh, Salary cap has to figure into it, even though the Browns are paying him a lot of money. He's going to want a new contract after the season. Nobody's going to step up at this point and give him a big contract. So if you sign him, it's almost like a baseball rental because the odds are he's not going to resign you. Sign with you unless you got a lot of cap room. And if you look at the top teams, I know there's movements on some teams among the players to bring him in. A lot of people say, well, Kansas City loves to stockpile talented skill position players. Eh, I don't think so. Uh, the Raiders would be a good team. Can't see him coming to the Titans. They already got two receivers. Um, he's not going to go, I don't think, to a bad team that needs a wide receiver. So I'm not really sure. Seattle acts like they might be interested, but they got DK Metcalf. They've got Lockett. They've yeah. got Russell Wilson coming back. So it's going to be fun to see where he lands. That's for sure. So he's unclaimed, so that effectively frees up $3 million in salary cap space for Cleveland. I don't know how they'll use that moving forward. But he gets, I think the four, I think it was $4 million is what they agreed to if he cleared waivers is what he'll get. That was less than the remainder of his contract. I wonder if that plays a factor in maybe the, the money that a team would be able to give him this year. Can you sign him to, I mean, I know you can, but I wonder if a team signs him to some type of option in the offseason that allows him to get some type of bonus. But this year, because every team is up against the cap, maybe it is the the league minimum at this point for him. Well, there's still teams that got a lot of money under the cap. I saw a list last week. Usually it's the bad ones. Yes. Indianapolis wanted him. They could get him. Jacksonville could get him. But it just seems like he would want to play for a playoff contender, if not a Super Bowl contender. He's made millions and millions of dollars. At this point, for him, money should not be an issue. It's about playing time, productivity, and then who has a chance to sign him to a long-term deal in the offseason. Indianapolis, actually, John, doesn't have a lot of money. I was surprised by that, too, on the list. We just ran through it. It's actually Jacksonville definitely on there. Actually, better teams than you think this year for some reason. Uh, Going to be interesting to see here's, where he lands. Here's here, quickly the list. The top five teams with the most cap money. I'll give the top six because the Chargers are right there. The Chargers have $10 million, Panthers with 11 Seahawks with 12 and a half, Broncos, Eagles, and then the Jag. The Jags have $28 million of cap room currently. Now, I don't care how much cap room they have. I wouldn't want to go there. Yeah, and they'd be smarter to carry it over anyway. Yeah. I think that uh, of those teams you just mentioned, Seattle, I wonder if New England, how much does New England have available? Because they're making a run here with Mac Jones. They're not throwing the ball a lot. They're not throwing it downfield, which is where he likes it. Yep. But they're still the Patriots, and they're still and they're making a right, They're right behind the Bills after Buffalo stunk it up at Jacksonville in the biggest upset of the season to me, even bigger than the Jets beating the Titans. And um, so, you know, truthfully, uh, 
I'm kind of tired of hearing about Odell Beckham Jr. We've been hearing so much about a guy that has done so little recently that uh, it's it's kind of boring right now. John, what do you think of uh, of Mac Jones' play on Brian Burns that's under the microscope right now? He's saying, I'm just trying to make a tackle. The ball was loose. I thought he had the ball. It looked like more than that, for sure. And they've got old bad blood. Yeah. What, what, what do you make of this whole situation? Chad, like they say, that bad blood went back to high school. It was obvious. I saw an NFL films shot on, uh, on the internet that showed it was clearly a cheap shot. If you're going for the ball, why are you twisting a guy's ankle? He did it. You're supposed to be protecting quarterbacks. And remember, Brian Burns is represented by the union, too. It's always amazing to me. A player will put a cheap shot on the other player. And the one that does the cheap shot, he appeals the fine or the suspension where the poor guy that got cheap shotted, it's like he doesn't have any rights. And in this case, they can make all excuses in the world that they want to write for Mac Jones, but it was a cheap shot. And uh, he better be careful about that because defensive players, some of them know, even though the players are under the microscope and if you breathe on them, you could get suspended. Somebody's going to go out of their way to give him a good shot when it's legal. I thought it was pretty bad considering quarterbacks are supposed to be, quote, unquote, the good guys. Let's stick with New England for a second. They've won three in a row by an average of 35-14. Not all the greatest competition. Bills just lost. They've lost two of three. They lost 9-6 to the Jags, like you're pointing out, a really bad loss. They still play each other head-to-head, New England Buffalo, December 6th in Buffalo, December 26th in New England. This division could easily end up going to the Patriots. Do you think Buffalo is in the clear here as the heavy favorite, or is New England going to reemerge? They can't be in a clear ball when you lose to Jacksonville. You just can't. I watched them beat the Texans 40 to nothing, and I thought this team is the best team in the AFC, and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And then when you play as bad as they play against the Jaguars, and their Josh Allen gets the best of your Josh Allen, that's embarrassing. You would think they would bounce back in a big way if they got any pride whatsoever. And if you're going to look at Mac Jones, they're doing a really good coaching job with him, they're not asking him to do too much, get rid of the ball quick, throw short and intermediate passes, don't go deep. And uh, I think the Bills will bounce back and they'll win that division. The key is can Bill Belichick win a wild card? If he can with a rookie quarterback, he ought to be coach of the year. Uh, and there's a lot of teams within what that have that are not close to the Titans, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, and Titans are going to win the AFC South. They could turn around and back into the and tr- slow trot to the division title because the division is so bad. But I'd like to see Tennessee hang on and get uh, and get home field advantage. But I think there's a good chance Titans Bills going to mix going to see each other again in the playoffs. I think Mike Vrabel's got a pretty good coach of the year candidacy going right now. He does, but they won the division last year. He's not going to get it based on and Belichick. I don't think's ever gotten it. I don't think he even got it the first year they won a Super Bowl because the voting's over in regular season and nobody thought the Patriots were going to win a Super Bowl in which they were underdogs by like 15 or 20 points. Coming up, more rapid fire around the NFL with John McClain. We will uh, discuss the playoff race right now as it shapes up in November. 
and we get ready for the backstretch of the season. Uh, a couple of teams have really fallen off as of late. The Bills are one of them. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss them. We'll discuss the Bengals and much more. And uh, according to uh, just looking at the, the tiebreakers right now, the Titans and the Cardinals are the two number one seeds in the AFC and NFC uh, as we get set for week 10 of 18. <laughs> it sounds, it's still weird to say. <laughs> week really 10 is. of 18. More coming with John McClain straight ahead on OutKick 360. Glad you're with us uh, across the OutKick Network. John McClain with us on OutKick 360. John, what has happened to the Cincinnati Bengals? I thought at one point when they were in first place in the AFC North that they had turned a corner. Now they've gone down the toilet. Everything that was working well for them is not. But every team in that division can come out as a champion. You know, right now, the Titans have seven victories and the Ravens have six. Nine teams in the AFC, nine, have five wins. So it's amazing. And AFC West, anybody can win that division. It's amazing how bad some of them are, like the AFC South, compared to the others that are so competitive. AFC West, I think they're a half game separated, and that's one reason I love covering the NFL because not only do we have something different happen every week, it's just so competitive. Doesn't mean it's great. It's just competitive. What kind of chance you give the Raiders of holding things together? You have they survive a Gruden thing, then uh, Rugs with the terrible uh, crime that that uh, alleged crime that killed a woman and her dog, um, and now Damon Arnett released after he puts out a very threatening video, waving a gun around, talking about killing someone. Uh, a really bad stretch of events that seems like it would undo most teams. And we know the Raiders are pretty famous for coming apart. Paul, how dumb can a player be that I think they said he had four guns in that video that he put out and now he's cut. I mean, how stupid are you? That's one of the dumbest things. I've ever heard. And apparently and, they've been trying to talk him down from some bad behavior for a while. He had a lot of baggage coming out of college. Mike Mayock, when he, when he talked about it, he had, he admitted it. We all knew it, but they thought they vetted him and they could turn him into a player. And remember John Gruden had final say on all players. So when they have somebody screwed up, that's a direct reflection on Gruden and his personnel acumen. And the rugs thing, of course, is just incredibly tragic. And um, I don't know the division. I keep thinking the Chiefs are not playing well, but they're over 500 now. They're a half game out of first place. I still think they're going to win it. I'm stunned that the Broncos have, have a winning record. Shocked that they went into Dallas and they won and Dak Prescott played maybe the worst game of his career, Ezekiel Elliott was injured. So I I thought it was going to be Kansas City first. Chargers won't die. They slumped a little bit. Now they're five and three. It looks to me like it's a three-team race, but I would put my money on the Chiefs and Chargers before I would put it on the Raiders and the Broncos. And the Raiders have just taken so many shots uh, to their roster. It's hard to keep it together. 
Is Mayock's job in jeopardy, or is because Gruden had final say on all of this, is, is that going to ultimately save him for another year? Jonathan, a lot of people thought this was going to be Mike Mayock's last yeah, year. Yeah. If the Raiders didn't make the playoffs, Gruden would get rid of him and kind of put it off on him. And now he's the voice of reason there. And I think that's great for him. I don't, I, who knows what Mark Davis is going to do? Does he want to go out and clean house and start over and try to put this bad period behind them? If he's going to do it, he better start with a new general manager to replace Mayock. John McClain with us. He is with the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com. I uh, was stuck in Los Angeles watching the one game that was on television in the early window, which, of course, was Dallas and Denver, uh, the most <laughs> enthralling game of the day. You think that's an aberration by Dallas, or you think it's telling about uh, something about the Cowboys? Because they didn't do a damn thing when that game was uh, in question. It wasn't in question for very long. Yeah, boy, I hate to see Cowboy fans be devastated like that. The problem with the Cowboys, if they're bad, their fans don't get their hopes up. I like to see the fans get their hopes up and then get crushed like they were in that loss to the Broncos. Stunned that Big Fangio and his team was able to pull that off. I still think the Cowboys are better. Can't imagine Dak Prescott's going to have two bad games in a row. I think they bounce back. They're going to run away with that division just like the Titans are going to run away with their division. The difference is Titans are a better team. but I And I don't know if the Cowboys will be a factor in the playoffs. If Zeke Elliott's hurt and he's going to be out a while, that will hurt the running game. But Dak Prescott's playing so well. I think Prescott, if he's able to turn it around, he might be in the MVP race. John McClain with us. John, We may who knows? We may not see Jordan Love again this season as the quarterback of Green Bay. So with the snapshot that LaFleur had and that the organization has of him, what do they have to be thinking about the option opposite Aaron Rodgers and the decision that they have and how they would, of course, love to keep Rodgers? It may not work out that way. Well, Rodgers is in a contract. Unless he retires, he can't go anywhere without their permission. Not for another year. And Jordan Love, let's, Brian Gutekunst's general manager, went way out on a limb drafting him, trading up to get him, not telling Rodgers, created so much bad blood. You know Gutekunst wanted Love to go out, play well, light it up, and then be able to beat the Chiefs. It didn't happen. Now, you can't judge a quarterback on one game. Rodgers is supposed to be back in this game, and he said there, there was a slight chance. He said that he might not be because he can't come back before Saturday, but he doesn't need to practice. But a lot of people would think that Jordan Love, they would have loved for him to come out and play really well consistently, and he did just the opposite. So I'm guessing a GM who went out on a limb, he's going to be telling people, hey, guys, be patient. It's just one game. He's talented. He'll play better next time. And the Cardinals trot out Colt McCoy, and continue to win. Uh, the 49ers, it was a game much like the Colts faced against the Titans a couple of weeks ago. The Colts needed to win that game against Tennessee and did not. The 49ers, same way, with the division leader, could not win. Their season's down the against drain the now. Backup. And they've got Colt McCoy that they just lost to at home. That's amazing. Colt McCoy went to the University of Texas. That's about the only good thing 
that happened the Longhorns last week, counting losing to Baylor, losing yeah. to the pole assassin controversy <laughs> by Iowa State. So Colt McCoy was the saving grace. I thought they'd lose that game. If you don't have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, that is only the second game Hopkins has missed in his career because of injuries. He misses a lot of practice, but not games. So he was hurt bad. And for them to win that game and win it so handily, that said a lot about Colt McCoy and the players, but also said a whole lot about Cliff Kingsbury. Now all of a sudden people are listing Cliff Kingsbury up there with the top coaches when two years ago when they were 5-10-1, Everybody said he's in over his head. Nobody wanted him after they drafted him. Then he went uh, eight and eight. Now he's the toast of the town. And, of course, will probably end up winning Coach of the Year if, indeed, they can keep it up. That answer reminds me, we go to John McClain for all things Texas sports and any any of the happenings in that state. Uh, Texas Tech's head coaching hire off the Baylor staff. John, what can you tell us about this, uh, I guess, legendary high school coach in the state of Texas that hasn't been around the college game that much. One of the things that Matt Rule did when he came from Temple, people are like, why would they hire a guy from Temple? He's got no Texas background. He hadn't recruited here. And one of the things he did, and he had some good people advising him, was to bring in some people who been very successful on the high school level. One coach had been president of the high school coaches association, knew everybody in the state. He had three or four coaches like that. Joey McGuire, he finished second when Baylor had to hire a replacement for Matt Rule last year, and they hired Dave Aranda. A lot of people wanted McGuire. He's very popular. He's coached different positions, and he is a top recruiter with a lot of knowledge about the state. And usually if you're at Texas Tech out in Lubbock, you only get people west of Fort Worth at TCU and Texas and A&M and Oklahoma don't work. And then you get players out in West Texas nobody can find because they don't want to go out there and spend so much time looking for them because they're worried about to get bit by rattlesnakes. So he's a good guy for that. Baylor people are happy for him. They're sorry they lost him, but they're happy that he got that head coaching job. And I've been telling friends of mine from Texas Tech, you're going to like Joey McGuire. He he wasn't the ultimate behind-the-scenes guy who never talked. He talked, and he's a good talker knows how to handle the media. He was just very behind the scenes. And everybody at Baylor wishes him best of luck, except when he's playing the Bears. John, uh, uh, let's discuss that 9-6 game, uh, Jags and Bills. And I know we hit on it briefly, but a couple of storylines out of this. First, the other Josh Allen, the defender Josh Allen, and the performance that he had in this game. Uh, Chad and I discussed this a little bit yesterday, but... This is the first big game we've seen from him in a long time, and it comes against the other Josh Allen, who has really – he's taken a step back from where he was last year to this year in his overall play. It's weird. First time they've ever had in NFL history two guys with the same name playing against each other. You would have thought there had been some John Smiths or some Joe Joneses out there at some point. But uh, that was strange. He had a sack. He had a fumble, forced fumble, fumble recovery. And the Jaguars could say, for one day at least, we had the best Josh Allen. Now, another big surprise, Taven Bryan, who hadn't been worth the number one pick they used on him three or four years ago, he had two sides. And Josh Allen's mobile, and he's supposed to have a good offensive line. And so uh, I was happy for the Jaguars and Urban Meyer to overcome that controversy early in the year. 
and be able to win another game, but they're destined for another high draft choice. Right. When you have a kicker miss three field goals in the third quarter and you still win a game without a touchdown, that's pretty amazing. Well, many, pill, many felt like the Bills were destined to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And I, I know they're one of 11 teams with a winning record right now in the AFC. But of their wins, four, they're 5-3 and three right now. Four of them have come to Washington, Miami, and Houston. So what do you make of the Bills and the Bills team that everyone is pointing to as the top team in the AFC? Well, I don't think people have been doing that for a while. I think it's been wide open. And I think uh, I was I was thinking when I was watching the Titans in my room after I got back from the Texans Dolphins game, and I was thinking of all the games in the Oilers Titans franchise history, and it seems weird. I'm not talking about upsets because there's been a lot of upsets, but I just seen the Rams the week before lead the Texans 38-0, and I know the Texans are bad, but I thought the Titans would lose without Derrick Henry. I picked them to lose, and I thought I have not seen in my 40, however many years of covering the NFL, many games that more rewarding, more delicious, say, Mm -hmm. than that Titans victory over the Rams in Los Angeles that people thought they had no chance to win. And what that can do for Mike Vrabel and John Robinson and this franchise as the collective confidence continues to skyrocket and show them they can win without Derrick Henry, you know, they're going to end up, they're going to end up with home field advantage in the AFC. And I know this drives Mike Vrabel crazy, but if you look at their schedule, it is very favorable. My goodness. I get to play the Texans two times. And the Jaguars once they're getting better, but uh, also Miami. It's, it's a pretty easy road. Uh, the massive Dave Baker had a massive, uh, influence on, on the, the direction of the Pro Football Hall of Fame over the last uh, several years. He's been the president the whole time I've had a, a role at the Hall of Fame. He's retired. I saw him this weekend uh, give Isaac Bruce's ring in, in Los Angeles. Um, Jim Porter's taken over, at least in some semblance of the president's role. I'm wondering if you were on the conference call earlier today that I missed to meet Jim Porter and what you think of the direction of the hall without Dave Baker. Well, first, I have no idea about Porter. I was not on there because Tuesday, Tuesdays are my big talk show days. Plus, I was doing a best and I'm sorry, I was doing a worst and best of the Texans through nine <laughs> games. And my report. Oh, we look forward to seeing through, that one with the best you through, came up with. Through nine games. And together, they were about 2,000 words. And it was a struggle to come up with some best, but I had to be, fa- I had to be fair. So, no, I did not see it. And I'll tell you what Dave Baker's impact on the hall was. Uh, they had a vision, as you know, Paul, because you've been there. They bought up so many neighborhoods around the Hall of Fame, and they're building a, a place for players to retire, kind of an assisted living. They're building a hotel, a huge convention center. They redid the stadium next door. They had this grand vision. They had to raise money, and Dave Baker did a great job of raising money and he was very high profile you know dave's got the biggest head of anybody i've ever seen his head's as big as two basketballs he's six eight he weighs about four bills and he worked his tail off for the hall of fame and i know they appreciated it and uh i hope if it's porter or somebody they hire they're gonna have to be really good at fundraising to continue what dave 
Baker began. Are they still uh, Are they still on pace for that that park and everything else that they wanted the to put in up park. there? I don't know about that, but the things I mentioned, I know they are. When I went there uh, before the Texans played the Browns, I went up there on a uh, went up Friday to Cleveland. Went up Saturday morning, and I'm like, my goodness, they bought out everything but the interstate, and I think it's great, and I can't wait to see it. They told me, as somebody on the committee, if you want to come up here when you need a place to stay, assisted living, you'll have the right to do it. And I said, well, thank you very much, but I think I'm going to be staying in Texas when I have to go into an old folks home. Oh, we know you're headed to the beach. Come on. <laughs> Carol's going to take him to the beach. Get me we, close to my no beach. Close to my it's roots. On the water, oh, sorry. Sorry. The, it's the, on the water, but there's no sand. Okay. Just push my wheelchair out on the porch <laughs> and I just get a little short toss to the water. I'll be I'll be your wheelchair pusher, John. Any any day You're of the welcome week. Welcome anytime, that, that can be my that can be my role. The chattelack of, of wheelchair pushers. That'll be me. You guys can come. You and guys are always welcome to come up. It's a great spot. John, a topic we're going to get to later this week, um, and it, it plays into the fact that we, we, we see the 11 teams in the AFC going into Week 10 with a winning record. Of those 11 teams, how many do you actually trust? Like when I, when I ask that question, who comes to mind that you know? We know the Titans are winning the division, but do you trust them without Derrick Henry? We know Buffalo is really good, but do you trust them that they're not going to have these hiccups along the way and that Josh Allen's going to get back to Josh Allen of last year? Charger, I mean, we, the list goes on and on. Pittsburgh's one of these 11 after their Cleveland. win last night. Cleveland. Who do you trust in the AFC? Nobody. Yes. And the reason is, is, is like uh, Baltimore had to beat Minnesota in overtime. Lamar Jackson played great, but they shouldn't have had to go to overtime. They fell way behind. The Titans showed some moxie without Derrick Henry that a lot of people didn't think they could muster. But can they run the ball well enough to keep teams with good pass rushers and a good front seven from being all over uh, Ryan Tannehill? And the Titans, to me, the most impressive thing about them, defense wins championships. And that defense against the Rams was great. Matthew Stafford had been sacked like seven times, and Jeffrey Simmons gets him – Three times. If that, if Bud Dupree gets back to where he was before he blew out his knee to go along with Simmons and Danico Autry and, and Harold Landry, that front seven is going to get better and better and be tuned up and ready to roll when the playoffs come around. John McClain, follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Uh, John will be here in Nashville a week from, yeah, a week from this Sunday. For Titans and uh, Texans. I believe I've got that right. Yes. Terrific. Yes. Um, I will be in your studio on Friday. On Friday. Where are you guys going to be able to fit me in there? Uh, we will we'll make accommodate. room. We'll we will accommodate. Room. David We've Reed. got a wide, <laughs> wide lens. Yeah. I will be in the studio with you on Friday. I'm taking the first flight. Can't wait to be with you guys. Can't wait to see the studio in person. Always a great time coming to Nashville. Thank you very much. Good luck to the Titans against the Saints. They should win that game against Trevor Simeon. I will be watching. We've got you down for all three hours, two to five. And we can't wait, John. I look forward to it. Thank you, John. Thanks. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com is the website. And again, follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore 
NFL. Coming up, um, uh, uh, plenty of, of headlines to hit. Uh, college headlines include what's going on in the West Coast with Jimmy Lake and what he's been suspended for. If you've seen the video, he's suspended for hitting one of his players. But the headline is much more egregious than the video would lead you to believe when he's breaking up a fight. I want to I want to dive into this and just the mentality of 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 colleges now and where we are that a coach is being suspended for a game for breaking up a fight to keep one of his players off another. That's next on Outkick 360. In an effort to break up a scrum this past weekend, uh, Washington and Oregon. Jimmy Lake, the head coach, is uh, suspended one game. Now kick 360 rolls on. And it's described as a punch. I, I'm not buying this as a punch. And this, to me, and I don't, I'm not trying to be like, oh, you know, how dare they sus- suspend him here. Uh, maybe you do something behind the scenes to, to make sure that it doesn't happen again. But, man, I, I'm, I, the example would be LeGarrette Blunt getting in a fight at Oregon and a coach pulling him off in that situation. What would have happened a decade ago compared to what happened to Jimmy Lake? And to me, it screams that this is Washington saying, we need something on the file because, <laughs> because we're working on reasons to get him out. This screams that to me if you're trying to suspend your coach for one game over this. You guys seen this? Replay. I, I'm yeah, looking I, at I, it I saw now. it. It is. It is not a punch. It's sort of a little swipe it's towards his own the player. face mask to get the guy away from I mean, someone. He's got papers in his hand, right? Well, then he shoves him from behind, but it's clearly to get him away from yeah. the fight on the field. I mean, he's upset. It was that not worthy. He's like, he's like of a stop suspension. this. It's not a straight out punch by any no. means. And you're right. The way it's being described, striking a player, punching a player, um, it. It lacks the necessary I, nuance. I don't even hear the outrage about it. That I mean, it's just kind of a oh, look what Jim, look, look at this brawl that nearly you know happened, and well, Jimmy Lake's in the middle of it. Here's the trying outrage. to stop it. They're he's, not good. Right. The outrage is they're looking for another way right. to say we're firing you at the end of the year because they're seven and six since he took over for Chris Peterson. Um, they haven't been very good. He made the comment last week that became a laughing stock where he was asked on his coach's show if he considers Oregon a recruiting rival, and he said no, no. because we recruit – he said we recruit – I'm going I'm to get the exact quote. We recruit – we battle with more academically prowess teams was his, was his line, uh, grammatically incorrect, as he says they're battling it out with more academically prowess teams. Yeah. And Notre Dame, but Stanford, and USC – and not and, and not Oregon. And this was a walk on, and 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 his quote after the game was, "I separated him. I did didn't not punch him. him. I, I didn't strike him. him. I separated him." And my thought, also, it, it has not been mentioned. The dude's wearing a helmet. Like the, the, this is not some basketball player on the bench that you slap in the face here. I mean, it's I, I, my question is: Is Jimmy Lake's hand okay? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he if he struck the guy in the face, that's one thing. This guy's wearing a helmet, and he's backing him off of it, and he's suspended for a game. Jimmy Lake comes back and says, this I is, was going to suspend the player for my injured finger yeah. after I hit his helmet. 
Am, am I overreacting this? I, no, I, no, you're right. This is ridiculous. You're right, but there's another thing where you you have to hit him in the push him in the chest, not push him in the head. Like it's just the way it. it to is. me, it's just another example of when it's clear that an administration is done with a coach, and yeah. they start nitpicking. This this would not be. This is not one of those I watch and I think, boy, this is an issue whether they're undefeated or they have eight losses already, or they're middling the way they are right now. This is not an issue if they're not already out on Jimmy Did Lake. we hear from the kid? Did we hear from the kid's family? I haven't heard Did we hear from the, from the, is the team signing I mean, a petition? I'm sorry, I don't need happened? to. I don't no, need to hear saying. from the kid's family. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's if, the if one thing, was, though. They, they can. Paul's right in that nowadays. If it was to that uh, yeah, uh, Nowadays, level. the kid could come out and say, you know, I felt physically threatened by my coach. But I'm the saying, parents come out and say something. The player that he's shoving didn't feel physically threatened by the kid in this? That the coach is having to intervene. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, no, I didn't none say of this that rose to sense. that level. I said that the pa- the parents like, nowadays. I'm tired of this soft mentality. That nowadays, the parents and the kid could make it very difficult. The, this the soft parents mentality, are allowing them to play football. This soft mentality goes back to you know, why, why was Mike Leach fired at Texas Tech? Because Craig James' kid was made to look a fool. Because he was well, trying to get out of practice. But, I, but I'm saying, huh, this locking, him, parents locking him in a, in a room is a little bit different than slapping a dude with, that was wearing a helmet. But this didn't even rise to that occasion. What I'm saying, the administration seems to, like Chad say, be looking for something. I didn't hear anything from the player, from the player's family, from any of that, which is usually what starts the yeah, cycle it, of it trouble be, in something like Even this. if it's ridiculous, the parents... I mean, any parent could take it to social media or the university and or whatever and say, into a thing. my kid was hit, here's the video of it. And but make it, it a big deal. Like I don't think the kid cared. That, yeah. That's the point is, kid's fine. The walk-on player is fine. I'm sure this has happened a lot. I don't think he's ever been injured by his coach or felt threatened. He didn't look like a guy who felt threatened when he got hit there. Didn't like he got back so in the coach's face. this is an administration face. thing. Yeah, the kid could have made it worse, too, if he turned around and slapped the coach well, or shoved him. Uh, that would have been the issue, response to the right? parents would be, oh, I, I, I feel bad Thank for you. the equipment. I yeah. mean, did we leave a scratch on his helmet? Oh, thanks for getting him like, out of there. Washington, he, how, how would he be injured? Washington feels bad for the hire. <laughs> this oh, is yes, what it all goes back to. They but they feel weren't bad, bad for the last hire, year, so though. They're, uh, they were three and four in a shortened season last year. They're four and five now, whatever they are at this point in the year. It just hasn't been. Well, he's also replacing a guy who's it has, to replace. Yeah, it hasn't been what they were expecting to take over with what Chris Peterson had built. A guy who got them to the college football playoff. To me, this just screams, we want this on the file. There's also, we want this on the file. There's also, I don't have the name in front of me, there's a guy on staff that everyone believes will be the head coach. This is a, this is a very Let's simple to the this for that. We want to get rid of Jimmy Lake and promote this guy that they screwed up not promoting before. I think there's a lot of that with, with people at the university as well. This makes it a little bit easier. I, How much I mean, Jimmy Lake Do you Lake fire him for cause now? I mean, do you go the Tennessee route and in Kansas and come back and say, you punched a player? <laughs> And when you punch a player at the University of Washington, you dub. Hutton, we could change your game. Instead of how much is uh, is who's making more than Mike Vrabel, now we could do uh, how much uh, are who's making more than who for not coaching, and we'll get like numbers like Jimmy well, Jimmy Lake. Uh, Jimmy I, Lake and Mike Vrabel have the same base salary, by the way. Yeah, I, I had the sa- I had the same exact reaction. Though. I saw it. I, I saw the the print of it. Oh man, Jimmy Lake, this is salacious. <laughs> Right. You got it makes you a player and then yeah. shove punches him. a player. It was punch followed by shove from punches behind. Punches his own player. Into the, and I watched and I'm thinking, that's not a punch. It's a perfect clickbait. So that's when I was story. seven years old, I played center for the first time and I didn't get my head up mm-hmm. soon enough after I snapped the football. 
and a full-grown man, Coach Pete Boyd, punched me in the top of the head. Peter Boyd. My father told me uh, I didn't get punched hard enough. Yeah, well, that's, would, that's the difference. How between good now and was then. your snap that you were admiring? It was, per, it was a perfect snap. That's why I'm picking my head up. I was I like, that was amazing. Uh, I didn't know that David Reed played for Bud Kilmer. <laughs> is this the one-eyed coach or whatever? No, this is the coach that uh, he was a youth coach that talked like Cajun man he was from Waterboy. Giving kids one eye. Never understood a word he said. On a block. That's what he was doing. Coming touching, up, touching story. Coming up, we hit uh, some Love headlines uh, across the NFL, and with the big one here locally, the Tennessee Titans the top team in the AFC, and it's because of their new identity with a big four on defense. That's next.